0: Aptoose Leadership Podcast, episode 113, Tough Talk, part one. A while back, I was asked by two of our team members the same question. How do you have a tough conversation with someone else? That's an interesting question, isn't it? You know, one of the shocking things about leadership is the amount of times that you're going to be required to have a tough conversation with another person. You know, in prep for this podcast, I started thinking about all those conversations I've had over the years, and frankly, I can't even remember all of them. And it's just staggering the amount of times that you have to sit down with somebody and have a tough conversation with them. And there's been a wide range of issues, you know, from differences in taste of opinion, to calling out people's moral failures and everything in between. And, you know, I was starting to search for a, a personal story that I could share. And to be honest with you, I just wasn't comfortable sharing any of those examples publicly, but you are all mature enough to get the point, And you've all been in those situations where you, you see a problem either with an individual or something that's going on and you have the responsibility to have a tough conversation with them. And you just dread having to do it. You know, there's really two types of people in this world. There are people who have way too many conversations. I mean, they they want to die on every single hill and they just need to learn to step back a little bit and let some things work themselves out. And then chances are there's the other type of people who literally dread having tough conversations. So they put off the conversations that they're supposed to have. And, and chances are we default to one of those two, those two areas. When I was younger, I defaulted to probably having too many conversations. I, I died on too many hills, and I need to learn to be patient a little bit. Uh, chances are, you fall in one of those two, two two camps. Regardless, tough conversations are part of the unwritten responsibilities within leadership. You know, listen to me. Tough conversations are going to be part of your responsibility in your leadership role at JFA. You know, sometimes you're going to have to have a tough conversation with a subordinate, and sometimes you're going to have to have a tough conversation with your supervisor, your superior. You, you might have to have a tough conversation with me. I, I might I might be an heir, and you have to come to me and, and gain some clarity or, or or speak to me or whatever the case may be. It can go both ways. It's just a reality, and I've been on both sides of those conversations where I've had to talk to subordinates. I've had to talk to superiors. It's just part of leadership. What makes this responsibility so difficult is that there's a wide spectrum of tough conversations. You know, Someone's going to pitch you an idea, and you just don't like it. It's just not flown within the vision of what you have for your ministry, and you're going to have to have a tough conversation and say, hey, I don't think that's a good idea. You're going to have to have tough conversations because you're going to have to evaluate team members. Sometimes you're going to have to have tough conversations because you're going to have to confront somebody's moral failure, and that is never easy. I had to do it a lot. It's not fun to have to sit down with someone and say, hey, look, there's some sin in your life, and we need to deal with it. Sometimes you're going to have to correct behavior. Sometimes you're going to have to share hard information like, hey, I just don't think that this is uh, the area that God's called you to serve in. Sometimes you're going to have to speak spiritual correction into the life. I mean, there's just a variety of different conversations that you're going to have to have, and these are going to be difficult to have, but these are conversations you're going to have to confront as a leader. So in my opinion, having tough conversations is such a big part of leadership that I cannot approach these conversations haphazardly. People are too important to us. As pastors, as church leaders, people are too important. They're too valuable for us to approach tough conversations with weak skill sets. We have to raise our skill sets. We have to approach these conversations with a multifaceted understanding of what we're trying to accomplish. So I when I start to approach these conversations, I need to understand why it's important to have tough conversations anyways. I need to have a, a clear why, and I need to have some conviction about that why. I also need to have the right mindsets before I have these conversations. And then I need to have a game plan for the best practices to have those tough conversations. And if I, if I can get those things right, then chances are I'm probably going to have success 85 90% of the time in, in the tough conversations. So that's a lot to try to cover. So we're actually going to break this podcast up into two parts. And today I want to focus on why it is important to have these tough conversations and the mindsets of those conversations. At the end, we're going to, we're going to close it out with a, a Bible passage that I think is really powerful to this next week. We'll talk about some practical how to, you know, what are some practical things I need to do? You know, so let, let's start with this. We, we want to understand before we ever even get into a position where we need to have a conversation why it's important to have tough conversations. I'm of the personal opinion that the reason why a lot of conversations go sideways is because I don't understand my why and I don't have the right mindset before I even get there. I actually think that the preliminary work, our own mindsets, our own leadership understanding is perhaps more important to having a successful outcome for that conversation than the right words in the moment. And so I want to focus on that just a little bit today. Why do I need to have tough conversations? And here's my answer. I have tough conversations because the ministry and the relationship with the individual will only be healthy when there is integrity of truth. I want you to ingrain that saying in your head for a second, integrity of truth. If I want a healthy ministry and I want a healthy relationship with the people that I lead, then there has to be integrity to the truth. I can't allow my opinions to muddy the waters. I can't allow their opinions to muddy the waters. I can't allow my preferences to muddy the waters. I need to search for the truth. I need to hunt for the truth, and I need to champion the truth. If I am building my relationships with the people I lead on anything other than the truth, if I'm building the ministry on anything other than the truth, it's just a matter of time before the ministry and or the relationship crumbles. The truth has to be the bedrock to the ministry. It has to be the bedrock for the training of the individual. And I have to value the truth and I have to speak the truth to the people that I lead. Sometimes the truth is that a person has a bad idea. It doesn't make them a bad person. It doesn't make them an idiot. It just means it's a bad idea and I need to acknowledge that truth. No, we cannot give away $5 million on Easter. That's a bad idea. Okay. The truth is that sometimes people will make mistakes and it's damaging to the ministry and that needs to be corrected. That, again, doesn't mean they're, they don't have value in the kingdom of God, doesn't mean they can't you know, compensate and, and make things right, but the truth is that right now they're making some mistakes and it's damaging to the ministry and I have a responsibility to address that. The truth is the person is walking in unrepentant sin and I've been called by the scriptures to confront that. I have to actually talk to them. That is my responsibility. Tough conversations have to be had because you hold to the integrity of the truth. As people commissioned to preach the truth, we have to also walk in the truth. And that means I have to have tough conversations from time to time. Now, the fear in tough conversations is that I could cause more damage than what's currently happening. You know, if I, if I have this conversation, I could cause more problems. I could, I could hurt this individual. I could ruin this relationship. They might even leave the church. They might leave the kingdom. However, when we have a commitment to the truth, we have a commitment to the integrity of the truth, we're going to do the right thing regardless of the response of the other person. We know what the right thing to do is, and so we're going to walk in conviction to that truth. Now, from my experience, though, most of the time we, we, we fear things that are never going to happen. Most of the time when we hold to the integrity of the truth and we have tough conversations, we have good outcomes. And so I don't think we need to be afraid of this. We just have to have conviction that we're going to hold to the integrity of the truth. Now, follow me with this logic. Because I hold integrity of truth, I know that the pain of the tough conversation is less damaging than the pain caused by not confronting the problems. When we realize that we have to have a tough conversation, we need to uh, evaluate the truth within that situation, and then we need to wrap our minds around what's at stake. What happens if I do not have this conversation? Let's say somebody has a bad idea. We know it's a bad idea, and they come to us with a bad idea, and we just let them run with it. What if I let somebody run with a bad idea? Well, they're going to spend a lot of time. They're going to spend a lot of resources on this bad idea only to crash and burn at the end when I could have saved them some pain. I could have asked some clarifying questions. I could have redirected them a little bit, and I could have saved them a lot of pain. What if I let this person who is continually making mistakes, damaging the ministry, what if I just let them keep going? What if I avoid that conversation? Well, they're going to start damaging my other volunteers. If I let this fester, my good volunteers are going to quit because a high caliber person will not function under low caliber leadership. And so uh, it's not, if, I, if I try to protect this one, I'm really letting this one hurt and damage the other nine. So I need to deal with it. If I ignore this person's moral failure, their marriage might fall apart. So when the truth comes to our door and we have a responsibility to deal with it, then we need to understand that there is going to be more pain associated by avoidance than potential pain by actually dealing with it. The truth is always going to cost something. The truth has a cost associated with it, and we just have to be okay with that. So when I, when I have integrity to the truth, I understand what's at stake. Now, at the, at the same time, we, had, we need to understand this is two sides of the same coin because on the other side of the coin, when I have integrity to truth, I understand that the truth actually brings a reward. And this is really important for us to grasp because I said a moment ago, we allow unwarranted fear to keep us from having these conversations. It has been my experience that tough conversations do not just avoid pain, tough conversations actually lead to more rewarding relationships. This isn't 100% of the time, but I would say, in my experience, well north of 85% of the time when I've had a tough conversation with somebody. I've actually had a stronger relationship with them afterwards than I did before. Generally speaking, again, this is not 100% of the time, but tough conversations actually galvanize and strengthen the relationship rather than weaken it. And I think it's this reason. When I have a tough conversation with somebody and I'm starting to lay things out, I'm wounding them a little bit. But if I deal with that conversation right and I show them that I'm actually for them, that i'm trying to help them progress that that i'm not going to cut them and eat them they actually start to trust you a little bit more because they know that you're actually for them you see i don't really know if somebody loves me or not until i know that they can hurt me and they choose not to you know and this is why the proverb says a wounds from a friend can be trusted you know because when when somebody when somebody has the opportunity to speak truth to me and they know it's going to hurt me a little bit but they do it anyways because they care about me. That, that tells me something about how much they really care about me and that they're for me and not against me. And that, that helps my relationship with them to be better. So those tough conversations can build trust between people. It can help them better understand each other. There's another there's another aspect, another reward to this. Chances are if you need to have a tough conversation, you're probably already pretty frustrated anyways. The, the relationship is probably already strained. So getting that resolved is going to help free some anxiety and some frustration that you already have in that relationship. And it's probably going to be more conducive to have a healthy relationship. So I think we can all agree that tough conversations are vital to have, and we can understand the why. Now let's talk for a few moments then about the mindsets of a tough conversation. In my opinion, the secret to managing tough conversations start way before the conversation is actually required. Tough conversations are smooth conversations when the leader is secure and the leader has a relational equity with the other individual. So as a leader, then I need to be aware enough that I'm probably going to have to have multiple tough conversations with the people I lead. So I need to have the right mindsets today that allow me to have the relational equity I'm going to need tomorrow to have this potential tough conversation. I have to have enough equity and be secure enough in who God created me to be that I have a genuine, authentic relationship with these people that I lead so that when the inevitable problems come, we can have this conversation and it doesn't derail either of us. I I really love how John Maxwell frames this. He, He talks about the balance of care and candor in a relationship where there's a leader and followers involved. He says this, care without candor creates dysfunctional relationships. It's basically saying, I love you, but I won't be honest with you. Candor without care creates distant relationships. I'm so honest with you, but I don't love you. Therefore, I create distance and space so I don't have to deal with you. But care with candor creates developing relationships, and I love that. That's that's the balance that we're shooting for. We want to care for our people so much that we can we can have a high level of candor with them that is creating this developing relationship. So here's how do we how do we get to that point? Well, here, here's how we do it. Having the right mindset means that I'm going to check my heart. Now, be honest with yourself. This this is vital. Are you secure? A lot of leaders are paranoid. So when they have to have tough conversations, they walk into that from a place of insecurity, and this causes the conversation to be more hostile than is required. But when I check my heart, You know, I'm going to start saying, you know what? God created me a certain way. I'm going to be secure in who I am, but I'm also checking my heart in my attitude and my perception of the other person because, see, I care for this person, so I love this person, so I'm going to assume the best about them. I'm going to be for them. I'm not going to be against them. I'm going to champion them and not try to bring them down. I I, I have to have a heart check if I'm going to have the, the right mindset. Having the right mindset means that I'm going to have a stellar relationship with the people that I lead. Relational investment will will communicate to someone that you are actually caring for them. If you're to be honest with yourself, you got to ask yourself this question: Do I love the people on my team? You know, do do I actually care for them? Because if you don't, you need to either a develop some care for them, or you need to get them off the team. Because if you don't care for them and you don't love them and you're not investing in them, then you are simply using them to build your own ministry, and your own kingdom. And that's not what that's not what church leadership is about. We don't use people to get where we want to go. We are investing in people to build God's kingdom, and there is a big difference in that. We, we cannot allow ourselves to go down the road where we start to use people. So, so I need to have a stellar relationship with them. I need to learn to care for them and love them the way that Christ loves me. Having the right mindset means that I'm going to operate with a real-time coaching mindset. Having an attitude of constant evaluation and coaching and ministry is actually going to eliminate probably 80% of the tough conversations you're going to need to have, you know, because you're going to deal with problems in the moment. And when you deal with them in the moment, it's not nearly as big of a deal. You know, don't let the player go out on the field and make the same mistake for six games and then try to address the issue. Address the issue when you see that there's a problem. When you do it quickly, then it kind of kind of lowers the sting a little bit for the person on the receiving end. You know? and, and the only way you can do that is when you foster a, a culture of evaluation within your ministry. It requires you as a leader to be humble. Say, look, I mean, I make a lot of mistakes. You see me doing something, call me out. It, it, it requires you welcoming feedback from them. You know, one of the things I do with my deacon board is I, I have them once a year give me an evaluation. Why? Because I need it, number one. But number two, it, it shows some humility and it shows some openness with the guys in that room saying, look, I, I value your feedback and you know what happens. Good feedback comes from that. On the other side of that, when I need to have a tough conversation with one of them, it has helped create this coaching mindset where we can speak with a a level of candor to one another. That's, that's healthy and productive. Now, here's why all I, I bring all this stuff up. I could have just jumped into the how to section of having a tough conversation. However, if you have integrity to the truth, And you have a secure heart and you have a good relationship with the people in your leadership care, then you're going to be confident to have those tough conversations. And it has been my experience that those factors will contribute to a higher positive outcome than having a lot of skill in having tough conversations. In other words, the preliminary work is more important than the actual conversation itself. That mindset and that lifestyle earns respect from other people that you lead. And when you have that tough conversation with them, now you have a pattern where you have been showing them that you care and you invest with them, and there's a high probability that they'll respect you and the conversation will go well. Here's the bottom line. You know when you need to have a tough conversation. You know it. It's, it's painfully evident. It's time to have this conversation. You know who else knows it? Everyone on your team. So you have to have the strength and resolve to follow through. No matter how big the problem is, no matter how small the problem is, no matter what is at stake, you cannot avoid that conversation. Now I want to I want to leave you with a with a Bible verse here that I think is super powerful in this conversation. Second Samuel chapter twelve verses one through seven says this And the Lord sent Nathan to David, and he came to him and said to him, There are two men in a certain city, one rich and the other poor. The rich man had very many flocks and herds, but the poor man had nothing but one little lamb which he had bought. And he had brought it up, and it grew up with him and with his children. It used to eat of the morsels and drink from the cup and lie in his arms, and it was like a daughter to him. Now there came a traveler to the rich man, and he was unwilling to take one of his own flock or herd to prepare for the guests who had come to him. But he took the poor man's lamb and prepared it for the man who had come to him. Then David's anger was greatly kindled against the man. And he said to Nathan, As the Lord lives, the man who has done this deserves to die, and he shall restore that lamb fourfold because he did such a thing and because he had no pity. And Nathan said to David, You are the man. Man, you talk about having a tough conversation. Nathan was responsible to call out the king's sin. I mean, could you imagine that? I mean, you, you got to think about everything we just talked through in, in this conversation. You know, Nathan held an integrity to the truth. He didn't pull any punches when he went to talk to the king, even though there was a potential for a severe backlash for Nathan himself. I mean, Nathan understood the consequences of going and talking to the king, and he understood the consequences of not talking to the king. Going and talking to David and calling him out for murder and adultery was life threatening to David, or excuse me, to Nathan. I mean, he just saw David kill one of his own friends. And so it's not a leap to believe that David could just go ahead and kill Nathan and nobody would ask any questions. But as bad as that outcome could have been, there was a worse outcome. And the worst outcome was that the kingdom was defiled and the king was not corrected. The kingdom would fall apart if Nathan did not speak up. And since Nathan loved the kingdom of God more than he loved his own life, then he went to the king with wisdom, with boldness, and with clarity. He had a relationship with David and he parlayed that relationship to deliver a message that David did not want to hear. But he went in and he spoke and checked us out. There was a good outcome. And here's what I want you guys to understand is that we're going to have to have these tough conversations. And it's not going to be easy and it's not always going to be pleasant. But we have a responsibility to God's kingdom that when a conversation needs to be had and it's within our purview and our responsibility to have that conversation. No matter what the personal pain is, we cannot afford to allow damage to come to God's kingdom from our negligence. So when the conversation needs to be had, you have to have the conversation. I hope this helps kind of frame this for you a little bit. Next week, we will talk about the practical application of this. So how do I actually sit down and have a conversation? What are some best practices? What are some things I can do in the moment to help this go smoother? Uh, What are some things I can do to help frame this in a way where I have the outcome that I desire? God bless you. We'll catch you next week.